Please stand. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God of grace and mercy, we give you thanks for your loving kindness to all of your servants, who, having finished their course in faith, now rest from their labors. Grant that we also may be faithful to death and receive the crown of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We begin with our opening hymn, which is, I Know That My Redeemer Lives, number 461. We will sing the first four verses. We continue with the responsive reading of Psalm 23 as it is found printed in your bulletin. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil.
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, as it was in the beginning. Please be seated. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I am found, for I was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved how precious did that grace appear then the hour i first believed when we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun and we've no less days to sing God's praise oh then when we first begun Our first scripture reading is from Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse 8. Reminds us that when we are faced with the death of a loved one, God's thoughts still are higher than ours. Isaiah writes, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which 
I sent it. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 31. A wonderful reminder to us that nothing, not even the death of our loved ones, separate us from God's love. For what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? For your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Awesome wonder, consider all the works thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the mighty thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to be. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think that God his own Son not sparing, Send him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sins. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to be. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to be. How great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home 
What joy will fill my heart Then I shall bow In humble adoration And there proclaim My God, how great Thou art Then sings my soul My Savior God to be How great Thou art how great thou art Then sings my soul My Savior God to thee How great thou art How great thou art We rise for the reading of the Gospel lesson. Gospel reading is from Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 13, and it's a wonderful reminder to us of how much Christ loves his children and always wants them to come to him. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the gospel of the Lord. We'll be seated as we join in singing the last four verses of I Know That My Redeemer Lives.
Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning. From God our Father, and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so to Norma and Kay, Randy, your family and friends of Elmer. It was evident to me, perfectly clear to me, that Elmer was a man who loved his Lord. Elmer loved the Word. Elmer loved hearing the Word, and he loved reading the Word. Elmer was also a devoted husband and father who loved his family. The reading for this morning highlights the depth of the connection between Elmer and his Lord. And that connection is what this service and his life are all about. What is remarkable here is not that Elmer died, but that he died so well. Listen to these words from Luke's Gospel concerning Jesus on the cross. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. And the soldier, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood from afar, watching these things. Most here know that Elmer had battled with cancer. And lately, the ability to do the things that he wanted to do, like going to church, had not gone so well. He had been in and out of the hospital frequently, and life was hard. One of the things that commends this passage from Luke to us today are these words. He breathed his last. You see, our Lord knew what it was to labor for each small breath of air, and then finally to lose. One of the worst parts of death by crucifixion was the possibility of dying of suffocation before bleeding to death or dying of shock. Jesus knew, and Jesus too suffered the pain that Elmer knew and suffered as well. But why talk about Jesus' death? Why focus on something else when we should be thinking about Elmer? And the answer is this. 
Because both Elmer and Jesus shared in death what they shared in life. And what they now share together forever in heaven. Elmer and Jesus were bound together in a way that means that that Christ's death was Elmer's death. And that Elmer's death was Jesus' death. They shared in the same story. They lived a single life between them. Now this sounds odd to our ears, but let's take a moment to consider this. Elmer and Jesus were bound together in word and sacrament. At the Lord's altar, Elmer was given Jesus' flesh and blood to eat and drink for the forgiveness of his sins. Elmer came faithfully to hear the gospel proclaimed, the gospel that repeatedly assured him that Jesus is divine and we are the branches, that we are one with him even as he and the Father are one. At the font, Elmer was baptized into both the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, according to Romans chapter 6. They had one body, that of Jesus Christ, and they had one Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. And so, how do we know? How do we know that this is true? How do we know that Elmer and Jesus were so intimately bound together? We know this because of the good confession that Elmer made. He witnessed to the faith and stood up to be counted among the people of God. He confessed the faith in the language of the church from ancient times. He spoke the creeds in the company of his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and he sang the hymns of the church. But there was another way a very important way in which Elmer confessed the faith. He lived according to the word of God and let the light of Christ shine through him into the lives of others. Elmer confessed the faith, the truth that he and his Lord were one, by letting Christ live in him and letting everyone see that. Elmer confessed the faith by being a good father. But that hardly needs to be said. It can't be seen by the love that his kids and his grandchildren have for him. A Christian father is one who patterns his care after the care that God shows us. Elmer was that kind of dad. When his kids were in need or perhaps they merely wanted Something, no matter what size that the something was, he provided it, if it was good for them. Not if it was convenient for him, but if it was good for them. But perhaps the best thing, truly the best thing that Elmer gave to his kids, is he brought them to church. He brought them so that they would hear the word of God and believe and know of the gospel of Jesus of his great love for them. You see, Elmer believed 
that whenever the people of God gather together under word and sacrament, that he is there with them. And so if God is there, Elmer knew, well, I should be there too. Being a Christian father also goes hand in hand with being a Christian husband. Elmer was both. He confessed the faith in his love and devotion to his wife. To be a good husband is to love your wife just as Christ loves his church. Norma and Elmer never wanted to be apart if they did not absolutely have to be. This was seen and evident as she was by his side to the end. And by insisting that they not be apart, Elmer confessed that God was the one that had put them together in the first place. He also confessed the faith by being loyal, devoted, and patient. Seventy years of Christian marriage is proof that he was content and proof that he was able to wait on the Lord. Of the daily confessions that Elmer made throughout his life, I think often of his regular appearance at our morning men's Bible study that meets just right outside there. Just more proof that Elmer loved the Word and he knew its importance in his life. Towards the end of his life, Elmer knew that Jesus was with him. Elmer knew that his Lord was present. Now some might ask, how could he feel that Jesus was with him? But a far better question, how could he not feel that his Lord was with him? As closely bound to Christ as this child of God was, it is not at all surprising that when death was imminent, that his Lord would be present. Elmer's unshakable conviction that Jesus died for his sins and that he was thus united with him to his heavenly Father was God's greatest gift to our friend. It was that assurance in the forgiving grace of Jesus that made Elmer's life what it was and what it is today. Imagine. Imagine just how awful and frightening that those moments in the hospital would have been had it not been for his faith. And how awful that it would be to face death without the rock-solid assurance that Christ will face it with you. And that you are guaranteed the victory in Him. What misery it would be to not know what would come after death, only to find that it was the unspeakable loneliness of hell. Elmer had no such fears. And his courage in the face of death was a beautiful confession of God's grace. The faith that Elmer confessed so simply, yet so fully, his genuine bond with Jesus is the same faith that God, our Father, has given to us. What sustained Elmer throughout his life and through the gates of death will sustain us as we wait to follow him in God's good time. We look forward to the resurrection with the same assurance that we saw in Elmer. What was true for him 
is also true for us. Elmer's Elmer's life is like Jesus' life. On the cross, Jesus breathed his last breath, but on Easter, his breath was back. On December the 22nd, 2018, Elmer breathed his last breath. But now, he has his breath back. Even though his death may leave us breathless for a while, by God's grace, we too will have our breath restored in his good and perfect time. And so, yes, Elmer has died, but he died well. He died united with Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess the words of our Christian faith together, the same words that Elmer himself confessed by reciting the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have knit your chosen people together in one communion, in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and that through the gate of death and the grave we may pass with him to our joyful Resurrection. Grant to your faithful people pardon and peace that we may be cleansed from all of our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Grant to all who mourn trust in your loving care that casting all their sorrow on you they may know the consolation of your love. Help us, we pray, Lord, in the midst of things we cannot understand to believe in and find comfort in the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. God of all grace, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to bring life and immortality to light. We give you thanks that by his death that he ended the power of death, and by his resurrection opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Prepare us in the assurance that because he lives, we shall live also and that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come will be able to separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And so we pray together the prayer in which our Lord gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Please be seated. We sing our last hymn, number 662.
This does conclude this portion of the funeral service for this morning. It continues outside by the graveside. Um, I was uh, just informed that the wind has picked up a little bit, so uh, please make accommodations as necessary for that. We continue now at the graveside. 